This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. Keeping you up to date with everything that's going on in the world of Arsenal's transfer news. Uh, I hope you're doing good and well. Thank you for joining me on a Sunday. I know I don't usually do these on a Sunday, but I've been skimping the afternoon shows this week. Uh, I say skimping, I've just been busy. Um, But it meant that obviously I felt more compelled to bring you a show today. Uh, We did do two shows uh, yesterday. I did obviously the normal morning show uh, and then we did the show uh, with Lev in the afternoon which was a really good kind of debate around the idea of Arsenal's transfer window so far and up until this point. So uh, if you haven't already gone and checked that one out, make sure you go back and watch it because it's a really good debate, really good discussion and 99% of the people watching were brilliant. So uh, you're never going to avoid all the idiots, obviously. But uh, 99% of the people in the chat box and in the comment section were great. In fact, the comment section has been really good kind of seeing different points of view on this. And I wish I could do that type of show more often. Uh, Lev is brilliant because he comes on the show. He's willing to have a chat. There are unfortunately plenty of people that would rather sit behind a keyboard. It is what it is. Um, But no, it was a really good conversation. And I look forward to uh, hopefully reconvening in August where we can bring up the conversation again. But you join me this morning after Arsenal, of course, completed their first preseason game of the summer. I'll talk more about that in a second. But we've also got plenty of news to talk through with you as well so do drop a like on the video do subscribe to the channel if you are new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show without further ado let's crack on with today's stories we kick off by telling you that Santi Cazorla uh, has agreed to renew his contract uh, with the Qatari side outside and then we will see him move uh, probably at the end of that year Uh, I imagine anyway he'll move at the end of uh, this upcoming season. He's a player that has been an absolute star of the Qatari League um, and will obviously be looking to try and move into coaching, we imagine, after that point. We know he's been linked quite significantly with Arsenal uh, and Mikel Arteta's coaching team, but he won't be joining Arsenal 
until at least the end of next season, if he does ever indeed return to Arsenal from a coaching point of view. But he's been absolutely brilliant in the Qatari League and is continuing with the Qatari champions. So uh, we wish Kazula the absolute best of luck with his future. Moving into more Arsenal-related stuff directly, and William Saliba uh, will most likely be staying at Arsenal even more so than we thought with his previous coach, Jorge Sampaoli, leaving Marseille. Uh, the Chilean was uh, terminated his contract through mutual agreements. Uh, he was supposedly unhappy with Marseille's start to the transfer window, which included the inability to bring uh, William Saliba back to the club. That did play a factor. So if you ever needed any more encouragement that Saliba won't be returning to Marseille this summer, hopefully that will provide that for you. I tell you, I'm, I'm really buzzing to see Saliba this preseason. Now, Aaron Hickey isn't a player that will be joining Arsenal because he's moving to Brentford. Brentford agreed to deal with Bologna this summer. Arsenal, of course, had been interested in Aaron Hickey. Uh, according to the Italian media, the deal was quote-unquote close, which probably gives you a good idea about who and who not to believe during the transfer window. It kind of created a bit of a storm at the start of the transfer window that we obviously even fell for. I'm not going to sit here like some uh you know pronounced guy that was not fooled by it all we certainly did plenty of research and looking into Aaron Hickey off the back of those reports we were all fooled uh, as he will join Brentford's Arsenal certainly probably had an interest but never ever acted upon it and that's fine because if it is between Hickey and Lissandra Martinez hopefully we can get uh, the, the, four, the latter into the club. More on him in a second. Yuri Tielemans, though. Arsenal risk missing out on the Belgian midfielder with Newcastle United said to be now interested and tracking the situation. Ben Jacobs of CBS Sports reporting um, that Newcastle were potentially looking at Tielemans but would have to convince him about fitting into a midfield with Joe Linton and Bruno Gimelaes and John Joe Shelby. Oh, of course, Newcastle are going to be looking to strengthen their team as much as feasibly possible. Arsenal's interest had called in Tillemans, but it is said that Edu's been in consistent contact with the players' representatives. Arsenal's still yet to make a bid to Leicester at this point. It isn't said that he would be all that expensive, although the £25 million quoted figure could yet rise to in the 30s. Still, I don't feel would be that much of a problem for Arsenal, but it certainly seems that Arsenal's attention currently lies elsewhere. Speaking of that attention lying elsewhere, our headline transfer story, as is the case for the last, I'd say, week uh, and probably going into next week, continues to be Lissandro Martinez. Now, according to David Ornstein, Arsenal have scheduled a meeting with Ajax next week. Bear in mind that next week is tomorrow, so it's not that far away. Um, but Lissandro Martinez continues to be linked with both Arsenal and Manchester United. He has cut his holiday short. He has returned to the Netherlands to try and convince Ajax, of course, to let him leave. He hasn't got a preference still about Man United and Arsenal, and both teams are very much involved in an open race to try and get hold of the versatile defender slash defensive midfielder slash left back. I think Arsenal have a great chance of doing this deal if they're willing to pay up. Ajax continue to ask for €50 million Euros as a fixed price and with upfront fees. If Arsenal want the player, they are going to have to spend that £42.9 million if they want to get him in. And this has created plenty of discussion on socials. I saw people talking about the idea of this being an amount of money that was too high to pay for someone that ultimately would be in competition with a number of players that are already starting in Gabriel and Tierney and Partey, of which... You know, does he get into any of those positions from the start? I don't think so, but it's important about bringing in competitors, players that you can rotate and not drop in quality. And of course, with players like Partey and Tierney, both suffering from consistent and regular and lengthy injuries, it makes sense that Martinez 
would come in to compete with those guys. I think this is one of the best signings that Arsenal could do this summer if we are indeed able to do it. Now, I do want to discuss uh, what sometimes people don't really discuss regarding transfers. I want you to consider why that information dropped and why David Ornstein was able to report it. David Ornstein is an incredible journalist that's very well connected. But of course, why would the information come out to let the public and most importantly, other teams know that Arsenal have a meeting scheduled for next week? Because Arsenal certainly wouldn't want other clubs to know that they have a meeting with Martinez next week. This is a situation that is very much being dictated by a brilliant PR situation from Ajax. Ajax are alluring competition. They are alluring a bidding war and they know exactly what they want, which is that 50 million euro asking price. It's made. It's been made known that that is the money that they want. And to get that amount of money, they knew that they would need teams, and I say teams plural, to come in for Martinez. If Arsenal had tried to do this deal quietly, which they did at the start by making that £25 million bid, then maybe they would have been able to get it done. However, Ajax are not a team that tend to do their business that way. They made the information known by leaking that information, allegedly, uh, and of course have then allowed other teams to be aware, like Man United, who have now come in to complete a bidding process that they wanted. Ajax have played an absolute blinder with this deal and will probably end up getting that 50 million euros that they want from either United or Arsenal. So uh, let's see how this one plays out and let's see what happens in the near future. But we will, of course, keep you updated with all the latest regarding Lissandra Martinez and all of Arsenal's transfer news. So make sure you're subscribed if you aren't already and dropping a like on your video to show the support for the channel. Now, the final and main story of the day is that Arsenal completed their first pre-season game of the summer. I'm sure plenty of you have already seen the highlights. You can go and watch them on the Arsenal website. Um, Eddie Nketiah scored a hat-trick with also goals coming from Sambi Lakonga and from following Balogun as well. A number of players that you may be surprised uh, to know play the game uh, took place in two in two halves of two completely different teams. Hector Bellerin captained the side, as you can see from the captain's armband on his left arm there. Uh, and interestingly, there was also a number of other performances from the likes of Reese Nelson, a player that's been linked with an exit, and Nicolas Pepe. The full team that played the game in the first half was Burnt Leno, Hector Bellerin, Ben White, Pablo Marie, Cedric, Thomas Partey, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Sambi Lukonga, Nicolas Pepe, Eddie Nketiah and Reese Nelson. The second half team was made up of a group of young players. Arthur Okonkwo, Rule Walters, who's a player that you should definitely be keeping your eyes on. Alex Kirk, Zach or Lino Souza, another one to keep your eyes on too. Matt Smith, who spent the last season on loan, I believe, with Doncaster. Uh, Salah Ulad Mahand, uh, Salah Adin, of course, uh, has had a really, really exciting time. And there are even suggestions he could get called up to the senior Moroccan national team. Charlie Patino, Oh, you know all about him and, of course, Amari Hutchinson and following Balogun, who started up front in the second half and, of course, scored a really good finish. Uh, I think it was off the post and then uh, completed the rebound. Very interesting go indeed. And substitutions from Marcelo Flores, one to keep an eye on probably during the US tour. Jack Henry Francis and Mazid Agungbo. Oh, sorry. Marcelo Flores did start. Uh, Jack Henry Francis and Mazid Agungbo came off the bench. So two halves, two very different teams, but plenty of players that futures are certainly uncertain of that first 11 in particular. Bernd Leno, Hector Bellerin, Pablo Marie, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Reese Nelson, Nicolas Pepe. Six of that first 11 may not be at the squad next season. Now, of course, Arsenal are still without plenty of their first keen players who have been playing with their international sides and are with their families on extended holidays. 
but that's uh yeah i'm looking i'm looking forward and rather interested to see how these starts kind of start to change and play out very interesting that Hector Beller and captain the side i suppose it does make sense it's not really something i would read all that much into uh, he is the most senior player in terms of you know experience at arsenal that is in that team so it did make sense that he was the captain on the day um no current kind of updates regarding a possible move. Villarreal have said now to be also interested in Bellerin, Unai Emery being a fan of the player. Atletico Madrid, another team that have been interested uh, in regarding Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Nottingham Forest have signed a right back. I'm not sure if that changes things because Maitland-Niles, of course, likes playing in midfield. But Forest were the key team interested in Maitland-Niles for some time. Leno was linked to Fulham. We've not seen an update on that in some time either. And Pablo Maria has been linked to a number of teams in Italy, including Udinese and Hellas Verona. But at this point, nothing has moved on those players either. Nicolas Pepe, however, has changed agent with the focus of trying to secure a move away. And Arsenal, according um, to Mark Van Bryans, has said that uh, the club are actively trying to source uh, clubs that may be interested in taking him, although at the moment alone looks the most likely outcome for the Ivorian. That completes all of today's stories. Um, we're going to move to you guys in the chat box and we're going to go through as many of your questions in the next 10, 15 minutes or so. So if you indeed do have a question you'd like to throw into the chat box, now is the time to do it after this short break. Okay, then let's jump into the chat and see what you guys have been asking. I'm just going to look and see what comes up first. Matt says, uh, what did you make of football Twitters um, losing their minds over Van Dyke and De Bruyne being seen partying together? Yeah, it's quite funny because I know someone who was actually at that place um, during that time. They didn't see them, um, but it was quite funny sending them a link and then making them laugh about that. But uh, I quite like it. Is that weird? I, I don't. I, I, then obviously, if it was just Arsenal and Spurs player, maybe I'd feel different. But they're two of the best players. They're probably the two best players in the Premier League, along with Mohamed Salah, hanging out. They probably didn't go together. They probably just saw one another in the VIP area, and you know, just started hanging out. I think that's great. You know, players are entitled to a social life. I say, let them get on with it. Uh, Brian, uh, Byron says, how many starts and goals do you think Eddie will get this season? It's a great question, uh, Byron, because I'm not really sure. Uh, how Enketia will fare alongside Jesus. I think Jesus, uh, I think Enketia needs to target a minimum of 10 Premier League goals, getting as close to the 15 goal kind of target as he, as he can. Uh, but it's going to be difficult, especially if he's predominantly on the bench. He needs to try and target 20 goals across the whole season in all competitions, playing in the Cups and the Europa League as well. I think we need to try and make the most of rotation as much as feasibly possible. Uh, Mohamed says, Tom, uh, with other teams like Real Madrid and Barca signing their young players for long-term deals already, how important is it for us to sign Saka um, into a long-term contract? ASAP, do I see him signing? I would say I'm fairly confident in seeing him sign a new deal. I don't think I need to tell anyone how important it is to get him signed up to a new contract. But yes, I can see it. Uh, Keenan says, what are your thoughts on Depay? Could his versatility and experience be a value to our attack? I hear he's only available for 22 million. I don't think Depay is the player that we should be going for. I think that if you're going to spend 22 million on someone who can play in a forward role, um, I'd rather either save it and invest it on a better player later on down the line or invest it in someone else that's got probably a lot more form and youth to them than the Memphis Depay has personally. Uh, Belagia says, thoughts on the Ronaldo prima donna act at Manchester United. Um, is it a surprise? I don't think so. Will it have an impact on Lissandro Martinez? I can already hear a lot of you asking that question. 
No, I don't think it does have any kind of impact on the Sandro Martinez deal at all. Uh, Eric Ten Hag and the Sandro Martinez know each other very well. Uh, I don't think that changes anything. But, you know, I, I think, look, a, a Man United without Ronaldo, I prefer. You know, I'd prefer if they didn't have Ronaldo. Ronaldo carried them higher than they probably would have finished without him. I get that there's the argument around the idea that without him, maybe they'd play better as a team. Um, Thierry Henry obviously did a really interesting statement on this that Ben Jacobs highlighted on Twitter yesterday about, you know, if if poison is your medicine um, and all of that kind of uh, analogy. And I get it. But I think if I could choose Man United with or without Ronaldo, I'd probably choose without Ronaldo. Um but maybe that maybe it's impossible to know the real answer. We'll have to wait and see. We don't know who they would bring in to replace him. They could bring in someone worse. So who knows? Uh, Aaron says, Hi, Tom. In case we sign Martinez and play him as a left-back, as the Athletic claims, how does it affect our width playing with two inverted fullbacks? Uh, I don't think it necessarily means that we would play both all the time. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if we did play both of them together. I think in terms of how would it affect our width, we would need to see it to obviously know. But there is a strong argument that it is too disciplined and too defensive and that we wouldn't be giving our attackers enough overlapping support with both players. For me, I think that the, the transfer is designed to provide Arteta with the option to use Martinez and Cedric and Tomiyasu and Tierney and have kind of those alternating options should he want someone to cover if Tomiyasu is not fit. I think that's probably why we're seeing him linked with more of a left-back position. Uh, Answers with the news that Man U are being played by Barcelona when they thought that the De Jong deal was done and dusted, does this put into perspective uh, our transfer negotiations? I've been trying to say for some time with varying degrees of success with individuals that, you know, there is business that goes on behind the scenes that one we don't know about. The negotiation process that Arsenal are getting involved in is trying to get the maximum value for money so they can spread their budget across as many players as possible. Criticize the budget, that's fair. You know, if you put and point your finger at Kroenke and say, back the manager, I've got no argument with that. But the manager and the and the technical director and the recruitment team are working within the confines of a set budget that they will be aware of. That's why we're negotiating as low a price as possible for the targets that we're trying to go for. It might mean that we end up paying what the team wants. We certainly did that with Ben White last summer. We still managed to get in six players of good quality that helped us towards a top four challenge last year. So I'm hoping that the same happens this year, but to obviously a higher level of success. Uh, Oli says, hey, Tom, uh, we need a left-footed wide forward. Dybala is now free and short on offers to match his wage demand. Should we go for him? You know, I would not be averse to signing Paolo Dybala. I've said that before i've done it on shows i've said that i would be open to signing palo dabala because he's on a free i don't think it is all that bad of a signing yes he would have significant wages because of his age his stature what he's won i don't think it would break the wage model all that much and i think that the fact he would be coming on a free deal uh, could make it worth it is there a risk of a willian scenario happening again there's always going to be a risk with any transfer but i like paulo dabala i think he would offer arsenal quite a lot of quality if we were to bring him in. Uh, Daz says, uh, don't we need a striker? We just have two. And if one gets injured, we're in a bad place. This is the idea about bringing in a wide forward, Daz, that can also play as a striker. It gives you that depth. It gives you that quality. Following Balogun is, of course, still here, although I think I'd rather see him go on loan this summer. But the idea is that you bring in a wide player that can also play at striker. Uh, Dybala is a player that can play as a centre forward, as a second striker, as a winger. He can play in plenty of different positions. Cody Gakpo is another one. Uh, Rafinha was to a much lesser extent, but mainly and predominantly played on the right-hand side. So it was about the idea of bringing in a wide player um, and bringing in someone that could also cover in that position. So it gives you multiple kind of facets of cover 
in the forward line. Uh, Lee says, how are Dortmund so good at finding gems cheap and young and Arsenal is so good at getting bumped up on prices? Um, Premier League is, is obviously a big factor. Uh, Dortmund have the ability in the Bundesliga of guaranteeing young players quite a lot of playing time. Uh, the teams like Bayern and Dortmund are able to do that uh, and still compete very well. It's why you see Ajax do it so uh, so successfully. It's why you see Salzburg do it so successfully. It's because they can compete at a high level in their leagues and still use plenty of young players at the same time. In the Premier League, the teams don't have that luxury unless that young player is incredibly well-talented. So Dortmund can buy a gem like, I don't know, an Erling Haaland from Salzburg, a guy that scored loads of goals in the Austrian League and the Norwegian League, bring them in, start them, and give them loads of opportunities to play. Differences with, say, a Premier League team signing, I don't know, let's say from Salzburg, Naby Keita before he went to RB Leipzig, you're then not going to give him the minutes to flourish, whereas RB Leipzig could give Naby Keita the minutes to flourish before Liverpool bought him. That's, that's why there's such a challenge, because Dortmund and Ajax um, and RB Leipzig uh, and Real Madrid, not Real Madrid, uh, Atletico Madrid are not a bad example, are teams that can bring in some gems, young gems, and give them opportunities to flourish. So Benfica, Porto, you know, these teams can do it as well. Sporting, um, trying to think of another example, French League, PSG could... Um, Probably around, yeah, PSG could, to be fair. So I think there are teams in these leagues at the top that are just so far and away better than the other, at least half of the teams in that league, that they can afford to use their youth options a lot more often to develop them and still get results. Um, let's go to... Kevin says, Tom, is there any news on Noah Lang? Just that I still don't want him anywhere near Arsenal. <laughs> um, but no, other than that. Uh, Lincoln says, uh, Dave uh, says, by the way, you threw me off, Dave, with the new photo. Uh, by the way, Grimaldo to Arsenal was all over Portuguese TV. I was in Lisbon just yesterday. Uh, yeah, I, I had a few people message me about this, uh, that the record and other Portuguese outlets are reporting this. He's available for about 8 million euros, which means that I'm not surprised Arsenal are keeping tabs on him. Arsenal will be looking at other players whilst they go for Martinez. They'll be looking to try and have contingency plans in place. Um, and because of that, you know, it's it means that Arsenal will get linked to these players. It's just part and parcel of, of a transfer process. Anton says, Dortmund have no chance of winning the German League. Well, I mean, no chance is unfair. They have some chance, but what they do have plenty of chances of doing and still playing plenty of youth players is beating a lot of the teams in the lower half of the Bundesliga. That's why they can play their little gems and develop them into something special, more so than the Premier League teams can, who can't necessarily afford to risk their youth players against lower half Premier League sides. Uh, Julian says, uh, do you think Nelson could, could be our right-sided forward this season? By the way, I hope not. Of course, there's a chance. There's, I'm never going to rule out the idea of that happening whatsoever. Of course, there's a chance that that could happen. I don't particularly want it to. <laughs> I'd rather Arsenal went out and sign a quality player. But of course, Julian, there's a chance that that might happen. Uh, NVR says, Tom can have a round of applause for Edu for cooking up peanuts because that's all the offers to the other teams. <laughs> oh, dearie me. If that was the case, we probably wouldn't have spent 45 million. Ah, let's scratch that. 80 million pounds plus before July even started. Uh, Mysterious Billionaire says, Tom, can, uh, Tom, we have a meeting scheduled with Leicester on Tuesday. Can you announce it? I'm giving you first-hand information. Deal may be completed this week for Tielemans. Well, 
We've got our resident ITK in the building, people. You know, you got to just, just bookmark this minute. What is it? 22 minutes, 22 seconds. It's an easy number to remember. 22-22. Mysterious billionaire, you've set yourself up here. We will return to this comment after next week is out. Let's see if you did know anything. Keith says, morning, Tom. Uh, good show with Lev yesterday. Question, with this Martinez... Thanks, mate, by the way. Uh, with this Martinez saga, why don't we just bid the $45 million and get him? Because uh, if we had to sign three players, he covers it will cost much more, plus lots of wages. It might not cost, cost us more, because if we just talked about Grimaldo is said to be available for around 8 million euros. If you can get him for that price, you're buzzing. You've then just got to get a player that covers both centre-back and defensive midfield, which you could definitely do for 42 million euros. So uh, I don't necessarily think it's true that, he co- that, that if we don't get him, it's going to cost us more to cover those three areas. However... As I have discussed several times, the reason why we're not just paying up the money that we want is because we want to see if we can get him on a deal that's less than that. Both United and Arsenal are in the same position. They both could probably pay the 50 million euros without too much issue, but they are both knowing that the player wants to come to either club. He's happy to join Arsenal. He's happy to join Man United because they know that. They know that they can offer the same kind of package and then he will choose. Whatever happens, he's going to choose. He's not going to go to a club that he doesn't want to go to. So they know both teams can offer the same package. Ajax may be forced into selling him because they told him that if an offer comes in from a Premier League side, they will allow him to move on, and they will try and get him for the lowest amount as well. So let's let's see what happens with this one. It's one that may seem to drag, it seems, across the window. Um, Ahmed says, Tom, if we get Grimaldo and Tillemans and Gakpo, is that not enough? Um, I think if we were to get those three, we would still need that defensive midfield slash centre-back cover, uh, especially one that's left-sided, uh, a left-footer that can play in defensive midfield and at centre-back. I think that would probably be a bit of a, a priority as well. I'd also like Arsenal to bring in another central midfielder, um, but I don't see that happening. Uh, Chris says, Tom, do you think we should sign a winger while we have Pepe? It puts us in a bad negotiating place. Chris, I'm going to be very, very honest with you. We're in a bad negotiating place with Pepe already. We are going to struggle to get him gone, whatever happens. So I'd rather Arsenal just try to get the deal done for a player that can improve them. It might mean that Pepe just leaves on loan. We are already in a bad position. So, you know, it's just not going to happen. Uh, Hamster says, what about Ndidi? We could get him for around 50 million and we'll cover both centre-back and defensive midfield. He isn't a centre-back. I mean, I know that he's covered there, but he's just not a centre-back. Um, he's a good player. I just think there are, to spend 50 million pounds on defensive midfield, I don't think that's the way forwards, to be honest. I don't think that's the position that I want to spend £50 million on. If it's a Martinez type that can play defensive midfield, centre-back and left-back, I'm more open to it. But I just don't think so. Uh, I just don't think so at all. Uh, let's go to Lee. He says, can't lie, Tom doesn't... Oh, thanks, man. I didn't. I promise I didn't mean to click that comment. <laughs> if I'd have known that you were patronising me, Lee... I probably wouldn't have done it, but thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's very kind. Um, Mohammed says, what do you think about Amadou Anana? Personally, on behalf of a Bangladeshi Gunas, we really love your content. Thanks, mate. Uh, thanks for that, mate. Um, I am going to be doing a show, hopefully, on Onana very soon. 
speaking with someone who will be genuinely in the know. I know I don't particularly like the words in the know, but someone who is genuinely going to be in the know about that situation. Hopefully, we're going to sort that out for next week. So make sure you stay subscribed and we'll get you updated on that situation. To the best of my knowledge at the moment, Arsenal aren't like bidding for the player yet. They just have an interest. They've scouted him. They've had talks. Um, they've sounded the guy out. I don't necessarily think it's something that will happen soon. Uh, it depends if other teams start moving for him because there are a lot of other teams interested in Onana. But he's a very highly rated player uh, at Lille and has done very well since moving there from Hamburg. So I'm not surprised Arsenal are interested. I'll tell you what, someone needs to get hold of Lille's central midfield recruiter. Because when you're able to get hold of the likes of Basuma and Samara and now Onana, they just replace players so well. It's just easy. Uh, that, that would be a good bit of recruitment. Getting the guys that do the recruitment for the good recruiters. That's what we should be looking at. Um, Daniel says, uh, do you think Martinez and 50 million euros covering three positions is better than buying a DM left back and DM separately? Surely it is cheaper to go for Martinez at 50 than buying multiple players. Depends who those players are. Depends how much they cost. As I've said, Grimaldo available for 8 million euros. If that takes 8 million off 50 million, I'm sure that you could get a player that can play centre-back and DM for 42 million euros and do it well. Um, so not necessarily, Daniel. Uh, it depends on who the players are. It depends on how much they cost. Um, Aguna Jake says, Tom, what happened to the uh, hate the club received after Leicester signed Bubakar Samara? He seems to be pulling up trees at Leicester. He hasn't so far. hasn't really been playing. Um, I don't necessarily... I, I don't necessarily believe that means he's not a good player. Sometimes players take time to transition from one league to another... Uh, do I think he would have been a good signing for Arsenal from Lille based upon what he did at Lille? I don't think he wouldn't have been a bad signing at all. Uh, someone like Sangara, who went from Toulouse to PSV, has continued on that trail of being very, very solid. Maybe he'll succeed. We'll have to wait and see. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I might be doing another show today. I'm not sure. It's the in-law's birthday, so... Uh, we'll be looking forward to doing that today. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know uh what's what's going to happen this afternoon regarding shows but i brought you a show this morning thank you so much uh, for jumping up early on a sunday morning to uh to join me for a discussion i'll be back tomorrow morning of course at 8 a.m for the next one as i say there may be one today we'll wait and see if you are in the mood for an argument go and watch my show with lev yesterday i say argument it wasn't an argument it was a very very good debate um but obviously it's up available on spotify and itunes as well if you don't want to have to look at my ugly mug you can just listen to it um so do make sure you go and give that a watch because it was a great debate and a really good discussion and i was very grateful for lev jumping on and having a conversation so uh yeah go and check it out enjoy it your sunday people rest relax watch some telly uh enjoy the sunshine if you can if you've got it um, other than that, it's been a genuine pleasure as it always is, and I will see you very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. 
it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.